Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Melanie Cole's Health Radio. It's radio that's good for you. Well, you don't love your nose, so maybe you save up your money and you do your research and you find a surgeon and you get a nose job or rhinoplasty. And what if it's an improvement, but you still don't totally love it? Do you have to go in again? What happens if you do go in again? My guest today is Dr. Nicholas Sivaking. He's board certified plastic surgeon. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nicholas. So revisionary rhinoplasty, really what is that and how do you approach it. If someone comes and says, I don't like the way my first nose job, does the doctor then agree or how does it all work? Well, thanks, Melanie. Yeah, revision rhinoplasty is performed when, as you mentioned, problems either persist or or they've developed after the previous nasal surgery. And um, patients need to know up front before any surgeries that rhinoplasty is one of the more complicated procedures we perform and particularly uh, a revision or secondary rhinoplasty. So they do need to know that there's perhaps a higher revision rate with a rhinoplasty uh, than perhaps the other procedures we do. But as you ask, when, when patients do approach with maybe problems related to previous surgeries, you know, you need to first and foremost listen to what the patient's concerns are, what changes they, they want to make. Um, and after your exam with the patients, you need to tell them what, what changes are reasonable, what can or can cannot be done, um, and really set realistic expectations. So when you get a second opinion or you change accountants or any of these other things, you know, sometimes the new one tries hard not to bash the one that you had before. Oh, my God, your taxes are a mess. Or they go the other direction and say, oh, well, you know, and, and, and they say, well, this really wasn't a very good job. So when someone comes to you and says, I don't like the way this looks or my, I, I'm still getting all these sinus infections or, you know, what, what do you tell them? Well, what you said, you try not to bash any surgeons. Um, but I think it's important for patients on the front end to, to find somebody who's board certified in, in plastic surgery. And you'll have a better chance of having somebody with much more experience with nose surgery. Um, but, but to your point, um, you know, you need to be realistic and, and tell them what changes can and cannot, cannot be made uh, with the nose, um, and especially in secondary rhinoplasties, because the scar tissue uh, really limits what you can do uh, with your surgeries, and you often need to perform other procedures such as grafting with uh, cartilage grafts uh, to, to reconstruct what's been done. Okay, so so Dr. Siva King, you know, people, how many is too many? Because they see Michael Jackson had so many till his nose was almost gone. And right, right. and some people really get into the plastic surgery, and who knew that, that rhinoplasty was so complicated? I mean, you guys have been doing this for 40 years. Both of my sisters had them back in the 70s. It's like one of the longest plastic surgeries that we've been hearing about that's a cosmetic, that, that's also cosmetic. I know it can also be, you know, medically necessary, but how many is too many? When is it enough? Yeah, each time, each time you do perform rhinoplasty, it gets harder and harder. I think you brought up Michael Jackson, and, and that's what patients and doctors refer to all the time. And uh, Michael Jackson had an ethnic nose, an African American nose, and um, those uh, African American skin typically is thicker and tends to show the changes we like to make uh, down deep less. So there's a tendency for surgeons to try to thin that skin out, and 
You can do this by literally surgically thinning skin out or injecting uh, steroids. And at some point, uh, you know, as the patient's requesting more and more, um, if you don't stop, uh, you are going to get the pinched thin skin nose like Michael Jackson did. Um, but it's really up to the doctor to tell the patient, hey, we can't, we can't improve things anymore at, at, without significant risk. Um, and it could be after the second rhinoplasty, certainly after the third rhinoplasty. So if someone thinks their nose looks great, but they're still having breathing issues, then what should they expect when they want to consider revision rhinoplasty? That's correct, yeah. Nose is more than just a central aesthetic focus on our face. It's also a breathing apparatus. So before any surgery is done, it's important for the doctor to elicit any information from the patient as to whether they're having breathing issues. And if they are, these breathing issues to the nose need to be addressed at the, at the time of the primary operation. Um, if not, you can make these breathing issues worse. Um, and oftentimes they're not addressed and doctors have to go back and the secondary rhinoplasty is about improving breathing, uh, performing a septoplasty, uh, placing certain types of grafts within the nose to prevent collapse of the breathe, breathing apparatus. Um, and, and again, going back uh, with a second surgery on the nose is difficult because of the scar tissue. But you're right, if, if these breathing issues are not addressed prior to cosmetic changes, they can be made worse. Do you have to take cartilage from other places to repair, especially in revision, rhinoplasty? Yeah, we often do. Um, probably some of the more common problems associated with rhinoplasty and therefore um, necessitating revision rhinoplasty is, say, an over-resection of the of the uh, dorsum of the nose, um, where you get somewhat of a saddle effect, um, and uh, in that situation, if it's extreme, sometimes we gotta gotta take cartilage from a rib. Um, other places we use cartilage could be from the septum of the nose, but that's often already been used. So we can we can look at the ear to to, to borrow some cartilage from, um, and often we'll use ear cartilage if, say, someone has over resected. Uh, the tip of a nose, and they got that kind of pinched 70s look, uh, we can use um, uh, cartilage from the ear to reconstruct the nasal tip. So the more common areas are cartilage from the nose, cartilage from the ears, or cartilage from the ribs. And sometimes we we turn to more um, donor tissue like um, uh, dermis from cadavers called dermal matrix. Wow, that is so interesting. Now, so when we think of our teens, and this is just general rhinoplasty here, Dr. Steve King, when is it too early? I mean, kids are still growing, but boy, you see right. some kids. I know my own son is really not psyched about his nose, and we're Jewish, and it's, he thinks it's getting big. And when is it that you're allowed to like consult with someone like you and see if this is a possibility? You know, that's a great question. It's different for, for boys and girls. Um, the, the kids in, in high school, obviously, they become self-conscious about their features, and, and you want to do something about it as soon as you can. But with, with girls, I, I think a, a safe early age, maybe 15 or 16 uh, years of age, I think their facial skeleton has grown enough to where you can safely perform the surgery, rhinoplasty. With boys, I'd wait a little bit longer, maybe 17 or 18 years old. Uh, they t- continue to grow a little bit more uh, than, than girls. Um, a good time, though, really is not necessarily high school. It's when they're taking that break between 
between high school and college. Um, they get a chance for a new identity, a new set of friends, along with their new look. Ooh, that's a great bit of information. Where can people find out more about you? Well, I'm located in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my website is sivakingplasticsurgery.com. It's S-I-E-V-E-K-I-N-G, plasticsurgery.com. Sivakingplasticsurgery.com. And if you have been someone who's had a nose job, then you certainly want to, and you're considering having another one, then you certainly want to listen to this podcast again. If you missed any of the great information that Dr. Siva King gave, you can listen anytime on demand or on the go at RadioMD.com, iHeart, iTunes, or the free TuneIn Radio app. This show is heard every day at 11 a.m. Central Time, and we're giving you the best information with credible experts in their fields. You can count on the information that we're giving here at RadioMD. So share these shows with your friends. Scroll around, learn something with us, and we're all learning together. That's how we do it. We spread these shows around, and we all learn together. So I hope that you will listen again and tell your friends about it. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.